Welcome to Theatrically Speaking, almost a playwriting podcast. My name is Jonah Knight. Theatrically Speaking is a part of the Actual Story Podcasting Network. You can learn more about this show and others over at actualstorypodcasting.com. If you have a playwriting question, if you'd like to suggest a topic for us to talk about, or if you have a play that you would like feedback on, please visit actualstorypodcasting.com, and that is where you can send us a message. In this week's episode, I am joined by Lee Shackelford. Lee is going to come back every month or so, and the two of us are going to talk about a 10-minute play that has been submitted by a listener. This month's play is Nothing Got by Stratton Rushing. If you would like to submit a play for us to talk about, visit actualstorypodcasting.com for details, and the links are in the show notes. Yeah, I'm Lee Shackelford, and um, I always like to say writer for stage, screen, and radio. Um, I'm just always writing scripts for some aspect or venue or another, and uh, I believe uh, Joan had used the expression, we've both worn many hats, and it's true, uh, actor and director and all that stuff, but I do think of myself as a writer. And these days, I am the chair uh, for my region of the Kennedy Center's American College Theater Festival, chair for the National Playwriting Project. So I, it has become my job to read people's scripts and, and respond to them. So this is this is an exciting opportunity for me to to get to sit down and talk about to focus on just one script and outside of that context. So, uh, so today we are going to talk about the play "Nothing Got" by Stratton Rushing. That's a uh, strattontheplaywright.com, and we have also got that link in the show notes. So, I guess Lee, my first question is: when you do get a play like this, where it's something that you're expected to give some feedback on. Mm. Where do you start? Uh, general impressions. Um, did it did it work? Did you, as a reader slash you know imagined audience member, did you did it communicate to you effectively? Um, and you know, as with with any art form, that's that's such a that's a complex question right there. Um, there, there. There are plays that you read that will just make you angry. But then the question is, but did it, did it communicate to you? And you have to say, you know, it did. It did. It pissed me off, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and sometimes that's about subject matter and sometimes it's about form. But um, yeah, so in this case... I, I like it. I, I see what I see what Stratton is up to, and uh, I feel that I see what Stratton's up to, and uh, and I think it works. And you know, really, when when you come away from it, that may be the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I guess we should say that it is a little tricky, maybe, for someone listening to this to and not having the script in front of them mm. uh, to maybe follow some of this or sort of get into the weeds uh, to the, to maybe we'll, we'll see how weedy we get. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and since we're just figuring this out, are we going to, are we going to put these scripts in the show notes? So if people want to go. Yeah, I think right now out. we're going to, uh, I didn't ask for permission to, to mm. print them, you know, yeah. but, uh, but I think that, that, that we, yeah, I think we're going to read a little bit. 
at least the first 10 lines here in a little bit. So mm-hmm. we'll have some impression, but um, maybe we will do that in the future. Uh, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. So I guess, first of all, we should say that this is a play that is very much about waiting for Godot. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a, uh, the, the two characters have just gotten off stage from their performance of Godot and it is them sort of mulling over the meaning of the play uh, backstage. And so I like when I it's I don't know know if it's a trope or what it is, but if anybody spends a long time in an industry and then they start writing, they tend to write about the things they know. Mm-hmm. Stratton has a background in theater, has a degree in theater, and he's writing this play about theater. And sometimes maybe we hear advice that we certainly hear in Hollywood. Well, they'll say like, I don't want to make a movie about a movie. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about plays about plays in general? If you were going to give advice to someone, would you say, yeah, it's totally fine. It doesn't matter. Or do you, do you have a, like an initial reaction just to that idea? Uh, not really. No, because I, I, I have seen dreadful plays that are about plays and I've seen, I think, brilliant plays that are about plays. Um, so, you know, I, it, I guess there's, there's no red flags that go up when I say, Oh, this is about, Godot, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what about, what about you? Do you, it's, it's funny. Cause, uh, the first full length that I had produced was about theater because mm-hmm. you're so immersed in it. You know, it's, it's sure. what you think about a lot. Uh, and I tend to like those, you know, I mean, who doesn't like noises off? <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, I yeah. don't mind. I just, I know that some people can be very particular about it. Mm-hmm. And maybe just in the back of your mind, you should say, okay, anything that I write, there's going to be someone who just doesn't want this idea. So I don't know if it's, if there are greater or fewer people that don't want plays about plays, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's just, no one is the target audience for everything. (laughs) Well, that's, yeah, that is absolutely true. Um, I I need to look again at um, Lee Blessing's um, Fortune Brass. Because my recollection of that play was that I just I was just screaming with laughter reading with that reading that and I mean you know it's a sequel to Hamlet, yeah. It begins with the last moment of of Hamlet, and um, I just thought it was brilliant and hilarious. Um, but I, thinking back, on it, I wonder if you don't know Hamlet kind of encyclopedically like I do, would you would you even get it? If you if you came to that play not knowing hamlet would you just say i don't i have no idea what's going on here i don't know who any of these people are or yeah or what in which case that that would be the circumstance i could think of where, where a play about a play is a disastrous idea for for most for many people in the audience but right i don't know and that's i guess that's interesting because this is a 10 minute it would be mostly programmed in maybe 10 minute festivals if we're, mm-hmm. we're going to go get a professional production of the thing and so I guess we, maybe we assume that most folks that go to a 10 minute play festival, I don't even know if we should assume that they all like yeah. theater, but they're there. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, jokes about waiting for Godot are some of the most popular in theater. So we have uh-huh. to assume that people have some context for a play about Godot. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's one of our key questions here then is, yeah. Do you have to know, waiting for Godot to, to even understand what this play is about. And I, I kind of feel like you, you could enjoy this play without uh, having ever read or seen waiting for Godot. 
yeah, I think that was my my impression. I think that um, certainly if you know it, if you're in theater, if, you're, if your audience is a bunch of theater people, they'll get it. They'll get all the jokes. They'll get the context. And they'll probably have yeah. had conversations like this before. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 And if you've done it, yeah, you, you can say, my God, we had this exact conversation. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Should we start with... Um, do you want to, should we read the first 10 opening lines of the 10 minute play or? Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to be Alex or would you like to be Graham? I want to be Graham. Okay. Hell of a crowd tonight. Yeah. Glad to know all that hard work paid off. They loved it. They seem to love it every night. Every night so far. Yeah. It's crazy. Was it like always a dream of yours to play Vladimir? What do you mean? Oh, well, you're an older actor. You've been a company member here for years. A lot of old, smart types like yourself are always dying to, like, conquer Godot. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'd seen the play once in college. And I guess I liked it, but no, no big dream, you know. My acting bucket list has a lot more Arthur Miller on it. Huh. Davey said he'd been dying to do this show for ages. Yeah, well... Between you and I, I think it was his dream to play Vladimir. He, he wasn't too keen on being cast as Pazzo. So that's the first 10 lines. What do we need from the first 10 lines of a 10-minute play? Yeah, it's a really good question. I, what I have tried to do in my own 10-minute play writing <laughs> with mixed success, and what I try to teach my students is that the, the form is so short that you have to load the very, these very first few lines up with everything that the audience needs to know to, um, to be able to understand what's going to happen in the next nine minutes. You know, mm -hmm. um, it's all got to be here, uh, super fast and, um, with inference and, uh, you know, indication of, off, of, you know, action that's happened before and that kind of thing. And, uh, and I, I think, um, I think Stratton has nailed it. I, I, I know exactly where these people are. I know what they're doing. Um, and, and there's a, a good sense of relationship. That, that, that was my feeling. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think that we, we certainly have a place and we have, um, you know, what they're going through. They just, they, just entered, they just entered our stage after exiting their stage after a performance. Um, I might say that I'm not certain about the tone going forward. And mm -hmm. again, you know, first 10 lines here. So knowing going in, well, maybe if the audience knows going in that this is about Godot or it's about Beckett, um, we sort of wonder sometimes maybe is the play trying to reflect the same tone as Godot. Right. And if it is, I, I, I don't see it here, but I don't know that it is. So yeah. is this sort of like a chatty, conversation about Godot, about theater. Okay, probably. Um, I'm not sure that if the idea is to clearly establish a tone, maybe I didn't see that here. Mm -hmm. um, but the dialogue is fine. It's, it's bantery. And we're getting to know yeah. these characters. We're, we're in their world. Yeah, I like the word bantery. I think, I think that's... And that, that, that is a, a tone. Uh, 
I'm not sure it's one that tells you how this play is different from any other. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I know that that's, that's really what we're, we're after. Um, you know, I'm looking at the, uh, the stage direction mm-hmm. and that informs these first 10 lines a great deal. And it, this is actually something that I, I still don't understand fully about writing for the stage. Mm. I mean, I've only been doing it for 40 years and I, I hope that I get 40 <laughs> more because then maybe I'll start to figure things out. But, um, but I, I would love to know what you think about this and listeners to this. I would love to hear from them too. That one of the, the lines in the stage direction says, um, two actors dressed in suits enter. They have just killed a performance of their production waiting for Godot. They float into the room, energized by the enthusiasm of the audience. And my gut as a, as a writer who, who my stage directions tend to be very prescriptive. Well, I get all of my writing. I really want things to be clear and performable. I don't want to put anything into the script that, that can't literally be presented on the stage or screen or before the microphone, whatever it is. Yeah. And my, my knee jerk when I read this was they have just killed a performance of their production waiting for Godot. My gut was, that's not on stage. That's, that's the moment before. And we didn't see that. So that doesn't belong in this stage direction. It shouldn't be here, Mm. but, (laughs) but it does inform the way they play the scene. And the very next line says they float into the room, energized by the enthusiasm of the audience. And surely that does belong there. That's actable. And we, and we in the audience can see it. So this is a great example of what I'm talking about. I got this gut that says that wasn't on stage. You can't see it, but you're going to, aren't you? These two actors need to know they've just, they had just come off of a triumph for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it definitely informs the performance, right? Because, you know, if you're, if you're leaving stage as an actor and you feel like you've just done amazing work, you do float. Yeah. You, you do glide and there's kind of a glaze, at least in my eyes, whenever I've done that, <laughs> sort of like not quite knowing exactly where you are waiting for the adrenaline to come down. Um, I wonder, and this is sort of like maybe the analytical part of me here. If you've just killed a production of waiting for Godot, is the audience enthusiastic? <laughs> like, I wonder... <laughs> Like they, yes, I hadn't even thought I hadn't even thought that far, but you're right. Think think about the last beat of that show. It doesn't usually bring people to their feet. Yeah, it cheers and applause. Yeah. yeah, like I wonder about like what did they do to that production to make the audience jump on their feet? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Pe- people are out in the house saying, "That's right, man." Do nothing. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it's funny. Like I, I saw a, a production of Godot that I loved and that I was like actually on the edge of my seat for much of the play, which is a feat, I think. <laughs> but um, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I wonder about that. I wonder about that. Like, um, and again, how big a deal is that, that I read this line, these two lines in the setting. And then I'm like, oh, no one's going to get on their feet at the end of a Godot. What is that? You know, it's a, it's a weird thing that probably doesn't matter. And like, we're probably only talking about it because we're focusing on it for now, you know? Yes. 
Well, in very much the same way, my big question about this 10 minute play is, is probably in the same category is that as the play goes on, spoilers, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they begin talking about what the play is about and what it means. And reading that the first time I thought, I find it incredible that these two actors who are professionals, that they've never had this conversation before. Mm-hmm. They've been working on this play in rehearsal and they haven't talked about, is that even possible? But then I started, you know, then I backed off from that and thought, is that important to the play? That we know as actors and directors and writers that that would be part of process. There's no way really that they could get to this point and having not had this conversation before. But can we pretend for 10 minutes that for some reason they've never talked about what the play ultimately means before? Yeah. Yeah. I, that is the sort of thing that for some audience members, it will be a turnoff. I think it's like, if you write something about any industry and you get the details wrong about recycling in your 10 minute about recycling, yeah, then the recycling people are going to say, well, you didn't do your research. Yeah, And if this is a play about a play and the audience is filled with people who hopefully like plays. Yeah. But again, is it such a big deal? It's one of these things that if you're going to be, if you're going to really pick it apart, this is one of those things. You know, if, if we're writing about an industry, you get your, you get your process right. So is that enough of an issue for people to just read this and say, well, I'm not going to produce it because of that. Right. Yeah. Is it a deal breaker? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I don't know. I don't know. I, it's funny, isn't it? (laughs) It feels like the sort of thing that if, um, if a producer is already predisposed to not want to do plays about plays, it's Uh, another reason not to do this play. Yeah. But probably by itself, it's not, you know, it's not a deal breaker. That's that interesting. Yeah. And, and, you know, just thinking, um, I mean, I, I produced a festival of 10 minute plays for 15 years and the plays that I was looking for always were, you know, uh, do, do they tell a complete story and can we credibly produce them on our budget of zero? Yeah. And so I pick this script up and I, and I see this is interesting. It's thoughtful. It has a, it has a beginning, middle and an end. God bless you, Stratton. And, <laughs> and what you need is a table and, and two chairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. I'm in love. <laughs> you know? So, you know, just because I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, realistically about being able to produce it and it being worth producing. Mm-hmm. You know, that, not just because it's cheap isn't a reason for doing it, but um, it helps. It certainly helps. It, it, especially I mean, if it's a 10 minute. Yeah. Yes. And playwrights need to be. Yeah. I During that that 15 years of the festival, uh, I, I one of the biggest mistakes that I made of many was that um, I greenlit a play that had a staircase in it that had action upstairs and downstairs. And we yeah. built that freaking staircase. And, and, and for one thing, it took five minutes to get it on stage and it took another five to get it off. So that was 10 minutes right there. Right. And, um, you know, I, I look back at that and think, what, if anything, were you thinking? Um, so, 
yeah, we, of course we're drawn to a play like this where the tone of, or the, the feeling of being in the dressing room is going to be created by these performers, we hope. Um, right. But there, there's, yeah. Uh, but yeah, do, do we want to talk about what, <laughs> about when we get into the play, about what, what, what the, uh, would you call it a conflict? Huh. Is there a uh, conflict between these two characters or? Um, interesting. Uh, I mean, not in the, uh, for me, not necessarily in the traditional sense when people talk about conflict. Yeah. And someone really, you know, being at odds with someone else, they're really sort of, you know, and this is why maybe we wonder how similar it's supposed to reflect Godot. Like, like what exactly mm -hmm. is happening with the intent there? Because there's a conversation there are thoughts and ideas but no it's not it's not your sort of traditional i need a glass of water you're trying to stop me from getting a glass of water right. <laughs> not that right no yeah i don't know like so does that is how again it's like as as we've said it's it's a lot of the aspects of this play are pretty solid Oh, it doesn't have that clear conflict. How big of an issue is that? Is it is it too much like and this is sort of like going back to my my first thought about, hey, it's a play about a play. If we're just talking mm. about a play. And and you know, it's almost a special case. There are some playwrights and there are some plays where you can get away with having an entire 10-minute conversation about waiting for Godot because everybody yeah. has had those conversations. You could probably also do this about cats. You know, mm -hmm. you could have a 10-minute play where we just argue about cats the whole time. Right. Um, but there aren't a lot of plays where you can do that sort of thing. And so maybe it's fine because it's about Godot. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is that Was that your impression? Well, I think so. But I, I would go further to say that I feel like what happens is that Graham is contemplating or being forced into contemplation for the first time with the fact that maybe sometimes you, you can be looking or waiting for something and there's nothing there. And that's what proposed that that's what presented me with the challenge of thinking he's doing waiting for Godot and he's, he's, <laughs> he's playing Vladimir and he's never thought about this before, but, but still it is maybe the conflict is completely internal. And the problem is that it, 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 his acceptance or non-acceptance of the idea that sometimes they're just, there's just nothing there. Right. I, <laughs> and, yeah. and I, I think I'm, I'm articulating that very poorly and, uh, and Stratton does, I think does it very well, mm -hmm. but I, but so I think that's fascinating. If the, if the conflict can be there in this tiny place inside, uh, Graham's head. Yeah. Uh, that's, it's an interesting point that you brought up, up a, uh, that you brought up a couple of times about this idea that, you know, they're into the run and they haven't really talked about what the play means. Yeah. And so if we take that to be true, then we, the next question is what kind of a production is this? What kind of actors are these? What kind of a director is it mm. that, that gets this far in? And so again, it's this, it's the industry issue, right? So if we're, if we're assuming that they're into the run and they're just now talking about it on their own, mm -hmm. does that mean it's some kind of community theater? Does that mean that the director just 
made some kind of Godot production that has people on their feet at the end and didn't prioritize the original <laughs> intent of the script. Yeah. And that's all fine, but it's one of those things that, like, when you really start... And who who digs? Aside from, like, us digging into this now, mm-hmm. who is going to, like... If you've got into rehearsals with this, then maybe you'd start having those conversations. So maybe it's interesting. And and if this play has had stage readings before, um, and Stratton has sort of gone through that reading and notes process, this is maybe the the depth of the note that you don't get until people are on stage and there's a director that says, mm-hmm. "Oh, wait a minute, what about that?" Wait, what about that other thing? You know, these, and again, they're not deal breakers. They're just, they're things that are coming up because we're digging a little deeper and because it's about an industry we are familiar with. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's, I think ultimately it's fine, but it, it also goes back to that idea that is that idea alone, something that will keep it from being produced or get it, you know, some bad reviews somewhere. And I don't think so. I think that's, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. And you're going to like the things about it that you like. Yeah. But the question is going to come up. It's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's interesting. I, I wonder, and I'm always wanting to mess with other people's work. And so Stratton may feel reassured that I don't have access to, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't, I can't do a revision of this, but I wonder what would happen if it is established in the play that, um, that this is not that somehow the director has failed them, you know, that the mm-hmm. two of them are great, but they've never really talked about what, <laughs> what the play's about, or that they have found that the director has a very solid idea, but in the course of this conversation, they realize that he or she is just dead wrong or, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, Pazzo's big speech in the play that goes on for pages telling us, telling a class, um, that speech is, is not intended to mean anything. It is, it is nonsense. That's the whole point. It is three pages of gibberish. And even as a, a young man there, I, I remember reading it and thinking, I think a lot of this is profoundly meaningful. It is also just a torrent of words, but it's not, it's not random words. And so I know, so I, the reason I, t- I tell that is because I know there are good directors out there who just don't get this play. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are people who've spent their entire careers in theater and, you know, don't want anything to do with Beckett and his style and his philosophy in general. Right. Yeah. Well, I think we're, we're sort of reaching the end of our time. <laughs> yeah. We uh, got to the point of trying to fix the play. So yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> um, it's time to shut up. Yeah. It sort of strikes me like, and I don't know if this is like a wrap up session, hmm. but ultimately I, I think that we're sort of feeling like this is, this is, this play is at, at minimum, it's like on the good side of fine. <laughs> it's like, it's, right. t- it's totally producible. It's hmm. uh it's going to be of active interest to a good number of theater people. Uh, and like a lot of places it's going to turn off other other theater people you know i don't know like uh it also strikes me that maybe this is the kind of 10 minute play that you want in your catalog that once you've written enough 10 minute plays and you're going through the calls for submissions 
-hmm. it's good to have something like this because you'll say, oh, this Godot 10 minute is totally going to work at this theater company because they just did Godot last season. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But maybe it's not like the one that you hang your hat on and say, this is the one I send out to show everybody how good a writer I am. It's just a good, it's Mm -hmm. a good catalog piece. That's right. And if you're doing a festival and you have eight plays, this may not be the play that you end the evening with. Yeah. (laughs) But it might be the one before you go out to intermission. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the, I, I don't, I don't know if we, if we want to end this with like saying, if you're going to revise, I recommend these things, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. because it, it seems ready. It seems totally fine and ready to go now. And if any of our questions or, or musings like strike a chord with Stratton, like, okay, sure. He yeah. can, he could shine some things and make it address this or that, but you know, how vital is that to the life of this play? Because it's, it's in, you know, it's in completely fine shape as it is. Yeah. But I would love to hear from other, from, yeah, from anybody else about it. I, yeah, I, I want to produce this now that we've talked about it. I really want to produce this and I don't have a venue, but you know, <laughs> I want to do this show and I want to hear the conversations in the lobby afterwards. And I, I I would be interested if anybody would come up to me afterwards and say, I really enjoyed that play that was about Godot, but how is it possible that they haven't had this conversation? Before? You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I just want to see if anybody says it, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, um, who knows that that's maybe one of our failings <laughs> in analyzing this. It's like how well, far, how far into the weeds. Oh, that's right. You said it when we started. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh, for the listeners, I'm the thing I'm curious about is whether or not you would really want to have access to read the play as we're talking about this. Is this the mm-hmm. kind of thing that we should put in the show notes uh, to make it easier for, for listeners? Yeah. And will our playwrights be uh, amenable to sharing their work like this? Right. So. Right. Well, this was good. And I think uh, we're going to have a conversation like this every month or so. I love it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks, Lee. It was great talking to you. Thanks, Jonah. Our theme song is Candy, licensed from the band Ketsa. K-E-T-S-A music.com. Additional information can be found in our show notes and over at actualstorypodcasting.com. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.